Hey guys, JJ here. The Minnesota Rundown is sponsored by the Better Edge app. Better Edge is a legal online social betting marketplace that you can use real money to wager that allows you to post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in an online marketplace, compete in direct head-to-head challenges, compete in public or private betting competitions, and buy or sell positions, whether that be spread, over-under, money line at current market prices. Use promo code 10 k at betteredge.com to get a free $5 when you sign up and verify your ID. Once again, that's 10K at B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to get a free $5. Are you guys looking for some kick-ass local clothing? Well, let us tell you about our friends at Soda Stick. Go to their website at sodastick.com, and hell, if you find something you like, there's no way you won't. Just enter the code 10KTAKES at checkout to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. You'll certainly catch us wearing their top-notch apparel. Once again, it's SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com, and use the promo code 10KTAKES, that's 10KTAKES, to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. This is the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm, of course, your host, JJ, journalist Jake. And where we this show, of course, if you don't know, we just kind of give you a rundown of everything really happening relevant in Minnesota sports and a little bit beyond. And we try to bring on a guest every week to give us some insight into some more Minnesota sports. We try to be laid back, independent, unique, comedic, whatever the hell we want to be. We drink on the program. And and I, I got to say, uh, we were talking about this uh, with my guest pr- right before we started recording here. But I want to welcome on Thor Nystrom. He is a college football and NFL draft analyst for NBC Sports Edge. And I got to say that um, our hack game is 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 on, is on fleek right now for a Minnesota theme. I got a loon. You got a, a North Stars hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is for the people. We're bringing it for the people tonight. You can tell by the lids that we mean business. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're Minnesota guys. We got beers in our hand. You're drinking the White Claw. I got the Twitter's light, whatever it's. All gravy. It's 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 all good in the hood here. You know we're having a good time, and yeah, we're down to get down to get into talking some sports more more specifically, maybe into some betting stuff, and because you know you yeah. have that little bit of a background in that sense. But um, I guess let's kick things off. Is that you know we're in the heat of football? Well, I wouldn't say in the heat of football season. We're in the heat of getting things kicked back off with football season, and, and the, the priest- fights get in their ass kick season. Yeah, yeah, right. That game was. Can I swear? My no, swear yeah, go here? for it. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. It was fucking brutal. Oh, my yeah. God. My eyes were fucking bleeding out of okay. my head. Right. So I know it's a preseason game and like Vikings Twitter specifically was going off, but uh, I, I know that there's second and third and fourth string guys, but holy shit, like they looked awful. Like it looked oh, like awful. there was no game plan at all. It was awful. No, and, and you know, like that, it's. Uh, <sighs> So when I'm watching preseason games, it's not even so much that as it's funny because Zimmer hit on this at halftime. And this is this was my sort of disappointment with the team in the first half. It's a lack of effort. It's literally just a lack of effort. Um, Like you could see, you know, like when Javante Williams was just running roughshod like he was playing Miami again. It's like we're the fucking Minnesota Vikings. Like 
we we've devoted so much. I'm going to say we all show, but you know, it is what it is, but we, we've devoted so much money into our, you know, defensive front and, and the front side seven and everything. And then to just get, you know, I mean, just get bullied like that. Yeah. It's a preseason game, but it's indicative of team effort. And that's why, yeah. why Zimmer was furious at halftime and he had every right to be in their effort. Didn't improve in the second half either, by the way. No, no, nothing. I thought there was going to be a little more, little more oomph out of them, like a, of the second, third string guys, you know, get some points on the board. You know, we're watching preseason to kind of get for the fans. It kind of eases our way back into football. It's kind of exciting to watch something. There was just, it was just dog shit performance yeah. all around. It's like, it's concerning. These are our backups. Like people are like 40 guys were sitting calm down. Yeah, that's true. And they were playing some starters. I get that aspect, but the fact that there was this nothing out of these guys who are supposed to be our backups when guys go get injured during the season. And there was nothing. There was like no effort. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It's, it's not like the results themselves, of course they don't, they don't matter. You know, and I, I don't really give a shit whether we win or not, but again, there's specific granular things that you're looking for um, in, in the preseason game. Cause it's, it's, you know, they're, they're staged for a reason. It's not just public consumption. You're, you're trying to get live, you know, the coaches are looking at live reps, et cetera, of the players. And again, the, the lack of effort was striking. Um, I thought I thought there was a lack of fight, you know, on the individual level that, you know, then just became the team level because it was so rampant. Um, I, you know, that was an issue. And then, you know, some of the the other thing I look for in preseason games, it's always like the younger guys that we haven't had exposure to. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was a little bit lower on the Kellen Mond pick, certainly than other people in the area um, and even mm-hmm. nationally, I, I would say. And mm-hmm. uh he didn't look the best either in the first game. I, you know, it, again, it, it's early, but um, you know, you look for those kind of things, and um, you know, what Zimmer said about about Mond, I thought rung true as well, which is like he, he was having tempo issues, you know, even with the guys around him, right? It, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was n- not on not on a different script in terms of the play, but in terms of the speed he was moving, and in terms of his mental processing and stuff like that. What one issue that I had with Mond at AM was he got to play all four years and you never saw that jump from him. And the, the, the reason why was because he never became an explosive player. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was, he became very efficient. Um, you know, he could move the ball and everything like that. And his past passing efficiency numbers became pretty solid. Um, but it was a very methodical offense there under Jimbo Fisher at the end. And, uh, Mon just never started effectively throwing deep. And, and so the issue with that in the NFL is, if if you don't run like like you know even like Jalen Hurts is probably the um, he's in UFC parlance the gatekeeper for this kind of quarterback at this point you know starting in the NFL of like a guy who struggles to throw deep but he runs pretty good and he has intermediate Kellen Mond doesn't run as well as Jalen Hurts and so to even become as good as Jalen Hurts he's going to have to become better at uh, these other things and I haven't gotten a sense that that he's going to yet you know again this is early you know this doesn't really speak to the the whole thing I'm more talking to four years at A&M but um, you want to see flashes from some guys like that Um, and we didn't we did not see many flashes from from our side in that game yeah there was like there was there was nothing I mean I was expecting a couple guys like uh, Amir Smith Marset, the, yeah. the you know a highly touted uh, he was very good at Iowa. You know it kind of sucks actually seeing them uh, you know go up and make great catches against the Gophers. But he was you know he's you know highly rated coming out of the draft. Like oh he's kind of like a, a Jim Stefan Diggs kind of guy, and he just looked slow. He kind of just looked like ass out there. It just 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I I probably have the most exposure to Amir Smith Marset of anyone because I went to Iowa for grad oh, school okay. and, and I cover college football. Like I don't cover the NFL. I cover college football and then and then going into the NFL draft. So that that's like what I do. But I have watched every Iowa game live for the last you know seven eight years or whatever. Um, just just because of my grad school and and so I I, I saw a lot of a lot of Smith Marset. What you like about him is he's athletic. He's like super athletic. Um. And, you know, he was well coached and everything like that. The issue with him at Iowa is he gets bumped off his routes really easy, you know, because he's, you know, leg pull thin. He, he's one of those sorts of guys. And I never, you know, speaking to the digs thing, um, I, I, I hadn't heard that, although I, I did hear some hype, particularly from Vikings fans after, after yeah. we drafted him. But, yeah. you know, like to be st- Okay, so a couple different things. Number one, Stefan Diggs, you know, he also played in the Big Ten. He played at Maryland. When when he came in, he was a five-star recruit. Amir, mm-hmm. Amir Smith-Marset wasn't. And Diggs, he fell in the draft because of very specific things. Um, first of all, his college situation was terrible. And then second of all, he had injuries uh, while he was on campus, and then he left early. So, you know, he had sort of a limited sample. Um, and the defenses typically knew that the ball was going to Stefan Diggs because they, they didn't have a ton around him. Um, whereas with, with Smith Marset, like he, you know, he started, I mean, we, we have a ton of exposure to Smith Marset and Iowa didn't have the most, uh, creative passing attack, I guess, mm-hmm. but it was a pro style passing attack. Um, and, and, and the quarterbacks they've had the past couple of years haven't been the most accurate, but they both had big time arms. Uh, Nate Stanley, the reason that he got drafted by the Vikings was because mm-hmm. he has a big arm. He, he mm-hmm. ain't very accurate, but he, you know, he can throw the ball far. And then Petros, the, the new guy, he can throw far. And you saw some flashes from Smith Marset of winning down the field, but it wasn't mm-hmm. often enough. And again, my my concern is that he gets jarred too easy um, for you know for his speed and his in his athleticism to manifest. And I also don't see the shake with him that I saw with a guy like Diggs. You saw the shake with Diggs on the yeah. college field. Um, whereas Smith Marset, I would say he's more of like a, he's like a thin glider type of a type of an athlete, as opposed to like the very sudden explosive uh, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, and it, again, it's, it's all first preseason game. You know, it's a free first preseason game. It's early, but it's like, it, you didn't see it. Like, like we said, you should have saw some flashes out of guys. I mean, you look around the league, and you, I mean, you saw flashes out of even Trevor Lawrence. He made a couple of good throws. You know, he didn't look good. You know, in some parts of that game. But then Justin Fields had some Justin flashes. Fields was great, Fucking yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he made some excellent throws. And I'm, I'm blanking on another. You know, high. Mac Jones played well. Mac Jones. That's what I'm thinking of too. Mac, yeah. they, like these other guys. And it's like the Vikings really didn't have a any highlight. I was expecting one guy to come out there and be like, oh wow, like oh wow, he's looking good. But it's like no one looked ready. Like it's just poorly coached i don't know what's going on and it was concerning even if it, even if it is the backups yeah it's one of those like um the lack of effort again was so striking and it jumped off the screen where like people start to there's no real explanation for it you know and, and it might just be that it was an aberration you know that collectively as a team they just weren't ready for that first preseason game and it doesn't matter in the long run you know etc but like people do look for reason i think as human beings we always look for explanations for Mm -hmm. things even if they're not there and so like you start to hear some uh you know conspiracy theories that started to delve into the political and stuff like that to um attempt to explain some of this stuff like oh that you know they're distracted because of x or you know that uh, all these different things and you know it's like whatever the fucking reason is just get on the same page Mm -hmm. right like and and again we need to start seeing effort from the team as a whole 
Um, but then in these next couple of games, it would be nice to see some of those, those young kids shine. And I know Keen, Keen got knocked out early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause we, we didn't see it in Wangu very much. Um, you know, and then, you know, I'd like to see more going forward. Um, it, it, with him, it's tough too, because, you know, some of these other teams that have drafted, uh, dual threat guys, they've, they've done so with an organizational, uh, shift, um, as they do it of, we're going to change our offense. So like, obviously like the Ravens, that was a whole hog thing almost immediately, um, and then like the Eagles, you know, very similar where it was like, oh, you know, we're getting Jalen Hurts. He does these things very well. And, and these couple of things, not so good. So we're going to tailor our offense to him. Um, I'm not sure that, the you know, and, and this goes back to Lamar Jackson, I think, because and Kirk Cousins, because the year that, um, you know, we had the, the cap room, um, that was the year that Lamar Jackson was in the draft. And so I was advocating for either a one-year contract for Teddy or a one-year contract for Keenum or both, and then draft Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round. And people were telling me, and and this might be true, that's that's a pipe dream, not because, you know, of Lamar Jackson, it's a pipe dream because Mike Zimmer isn't creative enough with his offense. And that's something to keep in the back of your mind with regards to Kellen Mond, um, because Kellen Mond is never going to be able to, he's never going to be an all pro within the pocket. Um, you know, again, he's efficient in the short and intermediate game. Um, I, I think he's always going to struggle to throw the ball deep is just my opinion. We didn't see it a lot at a and um, And so, you know, you have to add more of the mobility to his game, whereas his, his legs are opening up space for his arm kind of a deal. And, you know, in the Vikings offense, you have some of the bootleg stuff and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm talking about more than that. You know, I, I'm talking about. Uh, more of the RPOs. Um, I'm talking about, you know, getting the, the quarterback on the perimeter where it's a legitimate option of whether he can run or throw, you know, as opposed to just these, these bootlegs where you're looking for like intermediate mesh uh, type mm-hmm. stuff to open up. Um, so, it, you know, again, that remains to be seen for me, whether the, the Vikings are, are going to make a, a, a philosophical shift when, you know, at least when Mon's in the game, right. Um, you know, where, where it's going to facilitate success for him because Kellen Mond will not uh, succeed running exactly what Kirk Cousins runs. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a different kind of quarterback. I think that's why they kind of, why they kind of drafted him and people are excited because, you know, people, but the philosophy has to go with it, right? Exactly. You can't, it can't just be an idea of, of like, Oh, he's different than, you know, like when you break up with a girlfriend and Mm -hmm. then it's like, you go with the opposite the next time, or when you fire a coach, you you know, offensive coach, you fire him. Then you go to a defensive coach, whatever. It's gotta be more than that though. It's the whole organization has to buy into this thing. And specifically Zimmer and the offensive guys of like, you know, we we have to do these specific things for Kellen, have these specific wrinkles in our offense for Kellen that are not there with Kirk, Mm. I think. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. I think that they um, it, it's a kind of different. Well, like with Kirk Cousins, he obviously struggles with scrambling out of the pocket or extending plays in, in a sense, but he's a pocket passer like quarterback. So they've built a team around him or they at least tried to build a bigger offensive line where that might not be as big of a focus with a guy like Kellen Mond. Um, but yeah, he's a different kind of quarterback. But yeah, you got to kind of I don't know he's not the same guy as, as Kirk. They're two different kind of guys. So it's, it's like the philosophies would have to kind of change. And I feel like their team is, has gone down the route of obviously buying into Kirk cousins. And that's how they've kind of built the team around, you know, built the team around a guy like Kirk. But I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, so, and, and, and you're, you're a betting guy and yeah. uh, I got, I got, I got to ask, so who would you put money on? Who would you bet on being the Vikings definitive solid backup quarterback behind cousins? Because like we were talking about, Kellamon didn't look all that great. Jake Browning, I he didn't he looked terrible to me. I 
he just, I, I don't know. He made a couple good throws, but like, he looked like he was really slow. I don't know if he was just nerves or, or what, but I don't think there was like a clear definitive backup guy after that preseason preseason game. And they might end up going with, with Browning Browning in the end, but I mean, anything's better than Sean Mannion and displays, but <laughs> God, he was terrible. But I guess who would you bet on who, who they would get as the, uh, it's definitive solid backup to Kirk Cousins. I would bet anything on Mond, you know, unless one of the options was, um, you know, maybe sprinkle a little on other, you know, if, if, because in my opinion, if they decide to keep three, it's because they brought in some, some sort of veteran because they don't feel that Mond is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Browning sucks. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, it yeah. was a joke when they gave him the signing bonus they did as a UDFA. Um, you know, it was like the biggest in their class that year. It was one of the biggest in, in the whole pool. Um, Jake Browning hasn't been good since his freshman year at Washington. Yeah. Um, and it's not all of his fault. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a lack of physical ability. He's not athletic and he, he didn't have a strong arm in the first place, but then the issue was he had a shoulder uh, injury, uh, you know, that freshman year or whatever. And his, even his mediocre arms at time went down and it hasn't come back. And so you have this wet noodle arm in a non-athletic package you just can't fucking do anything with that in the NFL, right? Like, I mean, like you got to be fucking Drew Brees if if you're going to win without athleticism and only you know be able to throw at 20 yards, right? Like, th- there's so few guys where where they have had success with that in the last even you know fucking 30 years in the NFL. Like, just try to think of like diminutive pocket passing, unathletic. Uh, you know, guys with noodle arms. It's, there's just so few. Um, Jake Browning's not going to succeed in the NFL. He's never going to succeed in the NFL. So again, I, I'm surprised they've devoted the time they have into yeah. him and the signing bonus they did into him. Um, at least Kellen Mond can stress you um, with his mobility and the accuracy um, up to the intermediate level. I don't know mm-hmm. if Kellen Mond is ready this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, where if if Cousins got injured, um, he would be able to step in. However, um, looking at it the other way, because you know, I know you think that like you know, you want a guy who's able to like come in at least can like, you know, you, you can be confident in him moving the ball and not fucking up or whatever. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is if Kirk cousins gets injured, the season is over. Mm-hmm. And honestly, because of how valuable, uh, you know, getting well, specifically quarterbacks, but really any star player, um, on a rookie scale contract, w- what a cheat code that is in the NFL. If, if cousins got, <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but if, if Kirk cousins, uh, for you know five weeks or more four weeks or more um for me i'm going into fan tank mode anyway so like mm. honestly like you know if, for me it would either be bringing a, a a different veteran if you don't think the mond is ready and then you have to carry three qbs or keep you know you carry the two qbs and it's mond i jake browning shouldn't be within you know ten thousand miles of this roster in the final roster in my in my opinion um and nate stanley he, he ain't ready either so um i i think it's got to be one or the other. And yeah, and like if, if cousins gets injured, maybe, maybe they just have the thought of like, let's let Mon sink or swim. You know, if, if he fails, you know, at least we'll be bad enough where we'll be picking high enough where we can pick Kurt's successor then if we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, Jake Browning, I never really got that. And they, they, they put, like you mentioned, they gave him a signing bonus and they, they, they weirdly, I feel, I felt put a lot more commitment into him for some reason. Like he's this, like this really, you know, solid backup quarterback that, you know, if Kirk Cousins get Kirk Cousins gets injured, he can come in. Like they put that I've gotten that vibe from the this Vikings organization. And he's just, he's 
he's terrible. Like, like yeah, you well, said, like, Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I, I know why you're, you're getting that vibe. It's because at least one of them in that front office really pounded the table for Jake Browning you know, at the end of that draft and heading into that Saturday night when they gave him that big signing bonus, because otherwise they wouldn't have given him that big signing bonus. S- someone with real sway in that front office really liked Jake Browning. And I, you know, I don't know if it's Spielman. I don't know if it was one of his lieutenants or whatever, but, mm. you know, or even if it was fucking Zimmer, I, I'm not really sure. But, you know, like it's sometimes it's hard to let go, uh, you know, on, on something like that. Um, and so it, it's probably more like that. Although, again, I would have. Um, you, you have to, you have to devote your developmental time. If you're running an an organization into guys where if they hit, they, they could be above replacement level, right? Jake Browning, even if, even the Jay Bonanza, um, you know, he, he's one of those guys, even at his, is the best he could possibly be. He wasn't even going to be Case Keenum, right? Cause Case Keenum was way better than Jake. Case Keenum broke records in college, right? At Mm -hmm. Houston, like, you know, I mean, like he was a record-breaking quarterback and he has mobility too. He's more accurate. He's got a little more zip, I I think, out to the intermediate area, but he's also more, um, you know, mobile and makes better decisions. So like, you know, you're not even talking about that kind of a ceiling. Like with Jake Browning, if he, if he hit maybe, you know, the 50th best quarterback in the NFL or the 60th best quarterback in the NFL. It's just not worth devoting your mm-hmm. time into every single year. Instead, I would be cycling through these uh, projectable quarterbacks like, uh, you know, like you had uh, uh, th- there's there's ones every year that go on draft like Tyree Jackson was a few years ago. Uh, Jamie Newman this year, Felipe Franks this year, the guys that are athletic and have big arms and can't hit the broadside of a barn in college guys you devote your time to because maybe they have a two percent chance of hitting but if they hit they could be a top you know 14 nfl quarterback or whatever i would just cycle through those guys every single year until it's like okay this is one that we we should devote our time into but what do i know yeah because they they drafted jake browning late in the draft like you said right so they drafted oh he was undrafted in fact they 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 drafted um I believe that year. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I I, I think that year they drafted an, a long snapper in the seventh round. And people asked them after the draft, why did you give this enormous signing bonus to Jake Browning as an undrafted free agent when you just could have drafted him? It you know, there probably wouldn't have right. been anyone else that would have signed that long snapper or the drafted the long snapper. And if they did, who cares? Um, and it, I think what happened was they had some sort of agreement with the long snapper that they were going to, I, I don't remember the total story, but you know, that they, they told them they were going to draft him or something like that. And so, so that's how it went down. And then, you know, they, they, they were dead set that they needed Jake Browning as a UDFA. And so they outbid everyone. And that's, you know, that's why he came here. Yeah. It's, 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 it's insane that it's just ridiculous. Like we've been talking about how much time they put into him, and they make him out to be like this, this gem, quarterback that could be uh, almost a future starter NFL quarterback. Like if Kirk goes down and, nope. or he has a bad year or, and we're looking for a quarterback for the future. That's Jake the Browning vibe. Wouldn't have even been a starting quarterback in the XFL. No, no, he's, he's, he's awful. And that's why I don't, like you said, they they're, they're better off. I, I thought they played Jake Browning way too much in that, in that preseason game. Kellen Mond should have been playing almost that whole game. It should have been reverse roles there. They should have yep. brought in Kellen Mond and then maybe bring in Jake Browning for a half a quarter or a quarter. It it should already be you you highly you get this high you draft this quarterback high and kill him on who people are saying could potentially be Kirk's replacement. I don't know. I mean, you got to give him a shot. I mean, he might not be like you said. He has limitations for sure. But 
he's he's this new highly kind of high draft pick of a quarterback that we draft one of the highest draft pick quarterbacks we got in a while and we're barely we played him but we're putting more time and commitment into Jake Browning in a preseason game right off the bat like and he is oh, it's yeah it's I, I think they want I think they want Browning to justify them to make him the backup quarterback and then they'll carry three quarterbacks but again I, I just don't think it makes sense you know even right now Kellen Mond is better than Browning and again it's it's because mm-hmm. Mond can his legs alone are yeah. worth something. Yes. Um, Jake Browning, the, the defense doesn't respect Jake Browning to do anything. And w- when the games actually matter, um, he's going to get blitzed to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, cause he can't move and, and he can't no. throw the ball down the field. And so it doesn't matter leaving cornerbacks on islands with him. The, the, the their offense just won't move. I mean, you, you remember that offense, um, I, man, I, I forget how many years this, this was ago, but, um, when, when Sam Bradford set the record for the most completion, per, you know, the highest yeah. completion percentage or whatever, mm-hmm. yep. and they had those offensive line issues. I mean, they had a lot of issues on, on offense, but they, they went to that offense where it was like every single time, like Bradford is like two or three steps. And then he was, he was firing the ball to someone like, you know, four, you know, three, four yards downfield. Yep. That's what it would be with, with Browning only he's not nearly as good. He's not even as quick as that. Exactly. And his arm's <laughs> not as good as that. And he's no. not as accurate as that. And so, like, if, you know, people thinking of, like, what what, what would it be like if, if Cousins went down and Browning was in? That's Ooh. what it would be like, only uglier. Be even worse than that. And, and, even and, worse. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, uh, we kind of got, like, I mean, Nate Stanley, um, you know, he might. I don't even think they played Stanley in, in the first preseason game. I don't think he had a snap. Uh, from when I was looking at the box score and everything, because I, I kind of turned it off to the third quarter, but it's like, give him a shot. But the thing is, he kind of reminds me uh, watching him at Iowa, and you probably probably know this a little bit, having experience watching him. He kind of had, um, and even Iowa fans agreed, they, they were uh, talking with them back when Gophers played them. Like They're like, he's kind of like brick legs or brick feet. He kind of will, he'd try to run or he would look a little slow in the pocket. So it's like, well, damn it, we don't need that either. You know, you do need a little, I mean, Kirk, Kirk even showed a little, little bit mobility last year. I mean, he does have a little bit of quickness. He's no Kellen Mond or, or you know, Patrick Mahomes by any means, but even a pocket passer, you know, you still have to have a little quickness to your pop pep to your step. And a guy like Browning definitely doesn't have it. And Nate Stanley, from what I've seen in Iowa, you know, he's definitely not a guy to, you know, I, I'm surprised he's still kind of, he's even on this roster. I thought we would have got rid of him after last year. So it's like, these are the quarterbacks we're trying to choose from to, try to salvage a seat. Like if Kirk's out for two or three weeks, that's that's when you're starting quarterbacks out for two or three weeks, that's kind of a point where like, okay, we can salvage this. If we can just get by, I don't think we have a quarterback that can be just that just get by guy. It might be Kellen Mond, but it certainly ain't Jake Browning or Nate Stanley, unless Nate Stanley, you know, wows the shit out of me and he plays well. I don't know, but I, I, w- I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know how the Vikings see this, but the way that I would see it is, you know, if if you you know if you're dead set on on still remaining competitive when Kirk Cousins goes down, the way I would do it is is I would sign you know one of these guys that'll be available. Or fuck, I mean, you could flip. You know, at this point, maybe you could flip a, a fourth or fifth rounder to Jacksonville for Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew. Yeah, you, you you know something like that. Or you can sign one of these these veterans that's available. You know, whatever. You know, a, a get you by guy. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think the other direction is keep two quarterbacks mon of course is is the second one Mm -hmm. um and then if if cousins goes down because you know if you do that you you have to realize that if cousins goes down the season's over Mm -hmm. like you know whatever Mm -hmm. mon gives us whatever mon shows us that's gravy Mm -hmm. but the season at that point becomes 
Kellen Mond's audition um, to prevent mm-hmm. us from using a premium pick on a quarterback next season. Yeah. That's really become the, the rest of the season. Yeah. That's what it becomes. We're not going for a playoff spot anymore. Yeah. This is a referendum on Kellen Mond and the future of our quarterback position. It's a it's a tryout to see like, oh, could he be the future of the of the team? And I think that's the intention. That's right. They potentially why they drafted him is they're like they know in the back of their head that this Kirk thing still might not work out. You know, I mean, he might. This is the last year of his contract. He's got a lot of money. He'll be asking. He'll he'll be asking for if we want to resign him. So if he ends up having another, we have another shitty year, and he's not showing to be. I think overall, if we have another shitty year and miss the playoffs again, I wouldn't pull up, put all the blame on Kirk, but then it would come to be like, okay, well, it's not worth the money to go through this then though. Still, you know, it's not, it's not worth to put all the money into Kirk, even if he isn't totally the issue where we can't be spending all this money when we have to start figuring out this team again. So, but regardless, I think if they have a shitty season, it might be done with Kirk and move forward. And yeah, we're going to see if it's Kellamond or if they have to go back to the draft. I mean, is that, is that probably the only two options? Is that probably the only two options that you see this team and a new quarterback if they move beyond Kirk and that they're either going to go with Kellamond or just go back to the draft? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's the smart thing to do. Right. I mean, like, yeah. The Vikings have seen here the last several years that, you know, even though Kirk, you know, I mean, like he's worked out in that he basically gave you what you thought you would get, you know, in in terms of what he gave Mm -hmm. the offense. But his his issues have nothing to do with Kirk. It has to do with the way that the the salary cap is set up now. Mm -hmm. You you can't give like like, you know, you know, this has been talked about a billion times in Minnesota media, but like Kirk objectively was worth what we gave him. And he yeah. has been 100 oh, percent. That was what the market was going to pay for him, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, and he's been you know worth that in a vacuum. However, you know, he is, you know, also it, it is also true that, you know, he's whatever, like the 13th best quarterback in the NFL, or the, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, in any given year, um, you can't pay that guy that much money and win a Super Bowl. The -hmm. construction of the roster just doesn't work anymore Mm -hmm. uh, like that. And so even though he's a good player, and even though more or less the market says he's been worth his his contract, that's the issue. And then then it becomes like, you know, do you, you know, are you okay going nine and seven and 10 and six and eight and eight Mm -hmm. and seven and nine? Um, every single year, or would you rather have some years where you go four and 12 or three and 13 or five and 11, and then have a better shot for the seasons where you go 11 and five, 12 and four, 13 and three, I'm the kind of guy and the kind of fan where I prefer the latter. Um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I would always be shooting for the, again, you know, Lamar Jackson's one of the, that was one that hit that, that was mm-hmm. a season and a circumstance where I was pounding the table. Vikings should, you know, should mm-hmm. do the one year thing and, and, and then go for that. Um, but the, you know, there, there's other opportunities for this, this here and, and coming up. And if I was the Vikings, I, that's, that's the direction I would go as opposed to whether it was re-signing Kirk for similar money or whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, giving that money to a, a Kirk type. Um, I, if it was me, I would do the full scale, uh, rebuild at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then either, you know, do what the, the Eagles are doing uh, with, with Hertz this season yeah. and basically giving them a one-year trial run. And if they mm-hmm. suck, then, you know, then they'll pick high enough where, you know, next yeah. year they can take the quarterback um, or, or I would just immediately take the quarterback of next year as a disaster and they're picking high enough. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that's a, you know, a good good analysis of the situation because um, I, I think that the Vikings and I think fans are done with if if, if Kirk doesn't work out. And Kalamon isn't doing all that great, or he's not looking great. It depends on when when they would give up on Kirk, right? Like if it's over halfway point in the season, and Kalamon comes in the last half of the season with barely any starting NFL experience, 
and he doesn't do okay, they might give him what Jalen Hurts is doing this year. Agreed. Where they give him a, a trial year. But if like if for whatever reason they are confident that Kellamond isn't the guy going into the next season, I don't think you're going to see the Vikings go back to try to do a Brett Favre situation or a Sam Bradford situation or even a Kirk situation and try to go after another. And I guess it depends on uh, free agency. I guess you can see the Vikings being tempted and going after that kind of veteran quarterback, you know, s- seduction, getting it, getting sucked back into that. But I think they're going to try to try to rebuild, get a quarterback here that they can build around, you know, instead of trying to go off into the market. Cause it's funny because this could, it's, it's weird. I, I found it coincidental that this is, put, this potentially could be Kirk's last year. And this is probably more than likely unless Aaron Rodgers takes him to the Super Bowl. I heard Packers fans saying he might resign if they, yeah, yeah, if, if, if he win a Super Bowl, I'm like, he's still out of there. Even if he wins the championship, yeah, I think he, he wants he put, out him and uh, what's his face. Devonte Adams, you know, when it, it's, it's so funny that the Packers fans are fucking delusional. My God. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you did like, you know, like I have to deal with other fan bases, like with my job, there's like, um, I'm trying to think of the most, you know, the other, the other most delusional fan bases because Green Bay clearly is number one. They may take um, the cake. The Raiders fan base is extremely delusional and aggressive, um, th- but like the the Packers, their fan base is less aggressive but more delusional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know every player walks on water, and it's like this this Gudikins guy. You know, everything he does t- turns to gold, despite all evidence to the contrary. Like Gudikins has been one of the worst drafting uh, uh, personnel guys in the NFL the last two years. His draft's mm-hmm. been fucking terrible. <laughs> um, and 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 not only that, not, not only did he pick the wrong guys, and you know they were just bad in a vacuum, but he also infuriated his best veteran players uh, with those drafts specifically. Um, and you know, like t- to the point about the Packers fans, what they think about Aaron Rodgers, it, it, he, Aaron Rodgers, and and by the way, De- Devontae Adams too. They were not very subtle when they came back to the team. They tweeted out, I think, the night before that picture of the last dance from the bulls mm-hmm. um and there was already the joke of you know or the the report that aaron Rodgers, you know would text the team and and um compare gudikins to jerry kraus that that was already a ubiquitous report in the media and so then for aaron Rodgers to end this this stalemate with the packers but you know in so doing tweeting out this this allusion to the last dance it was just so clear that he's saying this is my final yeah. season. The last dance is a fucking documentary about the last you know year that that, that Jordan and Pippen were together. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers tweet the fucking picture mm-hmm. out the day before they go back to the team. Those guys are going to be on different teams next year. It just is what it is. Yeah. They they want to be. I don't care. Like I I literally have talked to Packers fans. I and they're they're um a couple of them and they're nice. Um, but they yeah. they they were uh, it, it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's like eh, you know, but it's they they've said oh no if they win it all no, he he'll stay he'll resign and extend. I'm like I just nope. don't think so he won That's the MVP just, last year and he, he didn't want to go back I, mean, uh, he like, could, I, I just he's at the point where I, he can win a Super Bowl in in tremendous fashion he wants out he wants to end his career somewhere else or retire for all I know. But I just bring that whole thing up because that's just coming into a Brett Favre situation. If the Vikings, <laughs> Kellamond doesn't work out and they're looking for a quarterback, I wonder if the, the Vikings will come knocking. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have any interest of coming to the Vikings. I, I don't know if he'd want to. That, he might want to get on the division. That I disagree with. Um, really? I think, oh, yeah. I think he would love it. Really? Um, he seems like get even revenge. more of a, he seems like even more of a vindictive 
asshole than Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brett Favre was a famously vindictive asshole, mm-hmm. but uh, Aaron Rodgers is such a vindictive asshole that he doesn't talk to his family anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his brother tweets about him yep. and, you know, he does Aaron doesn't talk to my parents anymore. Like all, all this different shit, like Aaron, Rod, he does his own thing. I, you know, I'm not yep. dogging the guy because clearly his whole process has led to him, you know, being like, you know, a, a, a legend in the NFL, et cetera. But I don't think he gives a fuck a, about that stuff. I, I think he, and by mm-hmm. the way, I would also say that he has a point um, like, mm-hmm. oh, for sure. Know, at the point that he got to in his career for them to mm-hmm. like, you know, just move on from, you know, guys like Randall Cobb when, mm-hmm. you know, the acquisition cost or the I, sh- I should say the retention cost to keeping him was so low. And, and, and some of these other different examples, it's kind of a joke, like, you know, and, you know, or the not telling him the Jordan love thing in advance. It's like, you know, you know, at a certain point, if you're that good at your job and, you know, your, your job is 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 X important. Uh, you know, it, it's, it would start to feel like a slap in the face. Like, you know, and I think the way he put it was, you know, that, that they weren't uh, facilitating his success within the job, stuff like that. And I think I would feel the same way. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I just, I, I got the vibe of him being like a Jimmy Butler and he wants to get the hell out of the Midwest. But I think that going, thinking about his personality and, maybe wanting to kind of give a big F you to the Packers organization. What, what place is better? I think he would to go love to, the to play Gudikins twice a year yeah, in, the, I, in the last year or two of his career. I think he would love it. Just I stick it to him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. I think from that perspective and that point, I think he would love to come here, honestly. Yeah. Cause he, he just like, cause that's kind of like, I think why Brett Favre ended up wanting to come here. He didn't care about being in the division and having all this history at, with the Packers. He, he kind of got pissed with them and, and then he, shoved it to him actually in in 09 at least so i think basically the exact same scenario it was the the team took a quarterback in the first round and then it was a Mm -hmm. couple awkward years and then you know i was like fuck this he's out yeah like put your resources towards helping me win a super bowl my last couple years or let me go and try with someone else it's it's too bad because like i i i'm you know as a vikings fans i can't stand the packers don't want to see them win but they have literally wasted a guy like aaron Rodgers. they have done nothing to help him at whatsoever like Jordan Love, I get you're looking towards the to the future, okay? You need to think about that, yes, because he is getting older. But you drafted Jordan Love when Aaron Rodgers still probably had a good four or five years still left in him. Yep. Why in the hell aren't you drafting another wide receiver, some, some O-line even, or some defense, anybody to build the team around him? Because literally, if he had any other competent wide receiver other than Devontae Adams over there, they had they had won the Super Bowl at least one of the two years the last couple of years. Oh, the, for sure. Yeah, at least one. And they've only won. It's it's. I tell people this, and and I and it coming from a Vikings fan. I you know people are like, oh, you have no say because you've never won a Super Bowl. I'm like, I get that, but I'm talking as a generic NFL person, NFL fan here. You've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the last 30 years combined, and you only have two Super Bowls. Yep. What? How? Not how? good. Just Not that good. just shows poor it's management. Impossible. It's like how you you've had. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are debatably, you could put them in the same pool as Tom Brady. I know there's debates about who's better. Tom Brady's probably better, but not by much. These, these two quarterbacks are great athletes. They, they're super, they're super fun to watch. Aaron Rodgers, he is an asshole off the field, but he's super fun to watch. He really is. He's a great passer. I mean, he's accurate and he's a great, great quarterback, but how in the hell they only have one court, one Super Bowl between them is beyond me. And you look at the management and coaching and just the teams they've been on. It's just been, have been ass. I mean, just the management has been ass. Like it's, it's, it's like the Vikings have almost had better management in the last 30 years. They just haven't had the, the quarterback or 
the like essentially the quarterback to do it. I mean, if they had an Aaron Rodgers in the last 10, 15 years, they probably would have won the Super Bowl, honestly. So well, yeah, and 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 you know that one of the years that we had an MVP caliber um you know season out of our quarterback, we should have won the Super Bowl, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. We don't need to talk about 98, no. but uh, yeah, I, I was mean, barely alive, but you know, I know. Let, no, let, let's go back to the, to Reagan on the Packers. So every year since 1992, they've either had Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers as a starting fucking quarterback. Mm-hmm. 1992 was the year after the twins won the last mm-hmm. world series. I know. I mean, like, fuck, I was 92. I was, I was fucking like seven years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean like th- that. Ent- I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> almost my entire goddamn life. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, and and again, like you said, two Super Bowls. And by the way, they missed the playoffs. Fuck, I mean, like six of these seasons or something. How are you going to mm-hmm. miss the playoffs with one of those guys as, as your starting I don't, quarterback? I know. But you know, but the reason I mean, they've, like you said, they've had a bunch of dopes as, as head coaches. You know, it's like Ray Rhodes, Mike Sherman, uh, Mike McCarthy. I mean, it's just a bunch of idiots. You know, um, yeah. And and so you know, we've gotten lucky. In, in in that respect that you know they like you said that they've had i don't know if i'd say poor management until now i, I think yeah. this current administration is is a bunch of fucking dopes i i think the last one was solid but i i think they've had issues with the coaches um with with the coach hires ever since uh mike holmgren um you know like sherman was you know just sort of a college coach you know just sort of an okay college coach mike mccarthy is shown to be over his head uh throughout mm-hmm. i mean like yeah sure these guys' records were okay in the mall moment but again you had an all-world quarterback in his prime basically that entire time so you know it, it is what it is yeah i i don't get mike mccarthy at all he's just doing tra- he's trash down in dallas i don't get why he still has a head coaching job well i kind of get it but uh, it makes no sense to me in the end but i want to talk about moving move away from the packers we've talked too much about the packers i'm gonna gag here if we keep going on about it but i want to talk about uh, I could rag on the Packers. I could well, rag on the Packers all fucking day. By the right. way, the, the Packers in in the in the in the 2020 draft. Let, let me end with yes. That. No, no, you're fine. The Packers could have had both T. Higgins and DK Metcalf in that draft without doing it. And they traded up for Jordan Love. They could have stayed put and and had uh, that. Um, just just fabulous, absolutely I, fabulous. They man, they botched that draft. Man, man, absolutely no sense. Yeah, I I remember seeing that they missed some picks in that draft, and that that could have. That could have been a you know make or break draft for them to have won a few Super Bowls since then. It's like I don't know what you guys are doing. It makes absolutely no sense. It just uh, yeah. And, and you and you bring this up, the Packers fans. Well, at least we have two Super Bowls. I'm like that's just a dumb comeback. Uh, it you, you you it was a bad draft, and you made poor decisions in the last 30 years with with two of probably the league's best quarterbacks, two of the you know league's best quarterbacks they've probably ever seen. So it's we've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, great. You won you won your two you know, Super Bowls in 30 years, it, but by any metric, you know, if you look at like football outsiders, or any of these other different like value over replacement um, Vikings fans should tell Packers fans, it is unprecedented um, to have a 30 year run of starting quarterbacks like the Packers did and win only two Super Bowls to, to brag about something like that, you know, huh. great. You know, you, you had, <laughs> you you had the, the Aaron Rodgers. Well, actually, they were both pure fucking luck. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Brett Favre was was what the second round pick, and then mm-hmm. you know the the Falcons gave up on him after yeah. one year. You know, I don't know if he mm-hmm. was drinking or, or what behind the scenes. And then Rodgers, I remember that draft because um, I was an undergrad, and that was before I had the job that I have now. You know, ranking you know the the NFL draft ranking players and stuff like that. But the reason I got this fucking job is because I've always done this. Like even when I was a kid, I would do mock drafts and like shit like that. So even like back in college, like 
you know, I was like doing my own rankings, you know, I, I, I didn't care, whatever. Um, I, that, you know, th- this isn't always the case, but you know, that year I thought that Rogers was the best player in the draft because the other mm-hmm. quarterback was Alex Smith and, mm-hmm. and leading up to that draft that the whole way it was like, you know, either of these guys could go one and then Alex Smith got locked into one and Aaron Rodgers mysteriously falls to the end of the first round, which is bizarre. Even if you watch him play in college, he wasn't nearly as good as he was in college as in the NFL because he added arm strength. But even even if he just stayed that good, he should have mm. you know gone above where he did. So it was bizarre that he fell. I, I wonder if that had to do with personality things, because um, as we you know, again, Aaron Rodgers is a fairly prickly guy. I, I wonder mm. if he rubbed some people wrong in the, in the pre-draft process but either way that was another luck box thing you know for the Packers and so to, to have that 30 years and only have the two Super Bowls I mean congrats you know if that's you know what you want to brag about but um you know for for me having 30 straight years of Hall of Fame quarterback starting play um I want more than two Super Bowls yeah I mean it, it's it's just ridiculous to only see two out of that but well, speaking of Super Bowl and 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 this year's Super Bowl odds I should say the uh the Vikings I think at, at the recent projections or recent odds had them at plus 4,000, which is, you know, right around the middle of the pack of the NFL. I think it's like number 16, like dead center. Uh, would you say that's, that's an accurate, uh, accurate odds or would you give them something different, lower, higher? What, 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 what are the odds of the Vikings winning it all this year? I, I think that's fair. Um, oh. It's, it's, it's not something that I would bet on, but it's not mm-hmm. also no. not something that I think is, you know, like, inflated odds so you know i I think it's you know objectively fair um whether you win it you know i think like you you know because if you're up plus four uh you know four thousand that you know 40 to one right and so it's like you know if you simulated this season out 40 times uh would the vikings win once right Mm -hmm. you know to to sort of justify that i think that's fair Mm -hmm. um you know i i could see you know a a one in 40 shot I, i don't i don't see better than that um you know, I, I just think that there's some limitations on the roster and I think it would require some help, you know, side of them or some luck, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, they, they have offensive firepower for sure. And they're one of those teams where it's like, you know, if if X happens and X happens and X happens and X happens, then they could be, you know, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if X happens and X happens and X happens and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or, or Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers isn't as good as last year, which would very well could be possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, it, in fact, it would be surprising if he didn't regress in some way, um, you know, like that, you know, th- that's when you start talking about, OK, we're going to win the division because the Lions and the Bears certainly aren't. Um, and then, you know, if get, do well enough to get a buy and then all of a sudden you got games and yeah, I, I could see the path, um, but I, I couldn't go better than 40 to one. So I, I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that right in the middle of the pack, it's kind of like, uh, you know, maybe, you know, it's not like being overly optimistic or, you know, super pessimistic about it. It's right where I think they should be, where they probably, you know, have been or quite frankly, the last few years. I mean, with 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 guy like Kirk, you, you could get on a run, you know, you, you stay healthy you get an O-line that can give them some time to throw the football and Delvin stays healthy and a defense. Well, look at last year. Last year was pathetic that we had our I think our best offensive performance in a season since like 2004 and we still we still managed to actually I think miss the playoffs by actually by a game which is crazy to me and the defense was 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 trash I mean we gave up you know like 55 points to the Saints and 40 plus points to the Packers and well in the first game but it's 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 beyond me where if, if like a season like last year well, we all we were just I think one game below 500 or seven to nine, I think we went. And we, with the defense we had, it's, 
it just shows if we into this season, if we can kind of bounce off that offensively season offensively, and then get build up on that defense, get some experience in there. And who knows what can happen at that point. So that's, it's a kind of exciting to, to think about where, where the defense could be if, you know, if they do build that up and where the team could be at by the end of the season. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's guys where there are, um, you know, I think it's fair to objectively fair to say there's there's guys where there's band they, they have bands of outcomes, you know, in, in the season coming up. Um, you know, I, I can think of, you know, a, a small handful of defenders where it's like if this guy takes a legitimate step forward, um, mm-hmm. you know, or this guy takes a legitimate step forward. Uh, that unit is is going to be solidified and you know that that could have ripple effects you know to the to other position groups etc um yeah i i again i i think they have potential um i, I think 40 to one is fair mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll see definitely uh, see how the season pans out hopefully it's one of that uh this season is one of those 40 seasons that they won in projections so i'll have to wait and see what happens bring us to the promised land Gosh, I'll be I'll be totally stoked if that happens. I'll be flipping cars in Minneapolis if that, if that happens. But well, I'm not <laughs> strong enough. Brother. But we're not gonna be eating shit no, like Philly. Well, hey, you know if if it's you and me and a couple other guys, we can. Oh yeah, we, we can we'll, get under a couple we'll, cars. We'll, we'll get it done. I'll, I'll, I was gonna say too. Uh, now I th- think about it. There's gonna be several people wanting to do that shit. So well, uh, I'm I'm all in for that. Uh, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, my God, yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of people uh, celebrating. It, it's yeah. it's gonna be like the cities may actually you know burn down. But um, and boy boy do we deserve it. I yeah. I would just say you know of any fan base of any area we yeah. objectively deserve it way more than anyone else. So you know if God's listening, hear our prayers. Yeah, come on, man. Give us a Super Bowl this year. Um, I want to, you know, kind of more so wrap up the show. I want to move on to just uh, college football. And we're we're getting here in a couple weeks away. And and specifically, like the Gophers, they're starting off Thursday night, the first game of, you know, first night of the college football season, like they have been for the last six or seven years. They've been opening up on Thursday night. And I know you went to, I know you went to Iowa for grad school, but I mean, you, you cover college football. I know you're from Minnesota. You're wearing the Minnesota hat, winter hat, and your Twitter photo. So you got to be a Gopher fan at heart. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And okay. yeah, I mean, I, I grew up a diehard Gopher fan. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm from Brainerd, Minnesota. Uh, my dad oh. uh, went to Minnesota. Uh, he was in the pharmacy school. So I, I mean, like, you know, gr- I mean, there's a lot of shitty gopher teams when I was growing oh, up, but yeah, I, you know, I, I was always a huge uh, Gopher fan. I, in fact, I, I went to the, the last game at the Metrodome. Um, and it was one, I, this actually might've been my, la- the last year where I rooted for the Gophers against the Hawkeyes. Cause then I yeah. had to change, you know, to the Hawkeyes once I got into that school, but, right. um, they played the Hawkeyes in their last game at the Metrodome and just Didn't they get killed. Game. Yeah. Just got absolutely annihilated. Uh, I, um, yeah, and yeah. It, like I was so furious leaving, leaving the Metrodome. I was like all pissed, but you know, and then I switched to the, the Hawkeyes like a year later. So, you know, whatever, but like whatever it was a transition transition game, but, but for me now, it's like uh, in, in, in pro sports, it's different because pro sports, it, it's mini or, you know, Minnesota and, and then whoever their biggest rival, you know, mm-hmm. the, is playing. It becomes my second favorite team, that the mm-hmm. team they're playing that week. But in college sports, I've had to turn it into more of a hierarchy where like mm-hmm. I went to Kansas in undergrad. I went to Iowa in grad school. So they're mm-hmm. at the top of my hierarchy. And then I, you know, I have. I have Minnesota um, and then ba- my brother went to Baylor. My sister went to mm-hmm. Syracuse. So like, you know, if, if, if they play each other and I, that's where I have to get into the, the hierarchy stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm yeah. still a Gophers fan. It, it's just when the Gophers play Iowa, then I can't be a Gopher fan for that day. 
No, you can't, but it, you can still be, no, that's, I feel like there's more of that in college, in college sports in general. Like you can kind of, like you said, have a hierarchy. Like I, I'm a Gover fan through and through, and I am kind of the same way with pro sports where whoever the rival is playing, um, I'm their fan, biggest fan, like Wisconsin, whoever's playing them. I hope they beat Wisconsin or whoever's playing. I, I, I don't actually necessarily mind Iowa that much. I, I kind of all like to see Iowa lose, but I'll say like, if, if I was playing Wisconsin, want Iowa to win a 120%. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, all through in that. But I get that. There's a lot more of that in, in college because there's a lot more schools, a lot more affiliations. You can go your family, like you'd mentioned in your case, you yeah. know, there's a lot of connections that way. So I, I get I get that you know, fandom piece. But um, as far as the game coming up in a couple of weeks, are you are you are you, are you going to be there? I know you're probably going to at least be watching it. I mean, that's a big game. I'll, I'll for sure be watching yeah. it. Um, and I, I may go, um, the, so it's funny with my work schedule. Cause I, I cover college football, um, yeah. and very closely on Saturdays. Um, but that precludes me from, uh, generally going to games on Saturdays, ironically mm-hmm. enough, because, you know, whereas, um, a beat reporter, you know, just covers the one game that, you know, their team is playing that day. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on the clock for like 10 hours and I, I typically cover two different, you know, game slots, you know, what usually 11, the 11 kicks, and the wants and i got to cover you know like four games per slot so i'm literally watching you know four games you know i got the four screens up whatever but um the games that are not on saturday um then those are games i can go to um mm-hmm. and i i like going to the gopher I, I like sitting up in the press box too um oh yeah it, it, like it, you know it, it's a fun vantage point and then for me like um I, i'm mostly going at that point to um uh watch for uh like the the prospects from an nfl draft mm-hmm. Um, thing because I, you know, you know, game like that, I, I, I'm not working a typical game shift or whatever, and so like, um, I, I went to uh, the Gophers Maryland game a couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was able to pick out some things. Um, Antoine Winfield knocked yeah. my socks off that game. I, Antoine Winfield had been knocking my socks off uh, watching on television, but you, you got a different sense in the stadium, and specifically from that vantage point of how special he was. And that, that's why that year um, I was one of the few people who had him as safety one and as a definitive first round prospect, whereas everyone else had um, that kid from Alabama um, McKinley. Yeah. Yep. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but um, watching him in person, you really got a sense for mm-hmm. um, he had like this John Nash, a beautiful mind sense about him, like from the safety spot where you could see him moving to, where the quarterback was going to throw that direction before yeah. he did. It, it was like, he could just see the whole thing. And, and, you know, like, I don't know, fucking Neo in the matrix with the ones yeah. and zeros, you know, he, he could just, he had this sense about where the ball was going, um, you know, and, and then he would, he would get there uh, before everyone else, you know, and sometimes just, you know, intercept the ball, whatever, but um, uh, you know, always, always, always fun to get, go to the gopher games. Yeah, for sure. And I know that one's going to be huge. And I've talked about this, you know, on, previous episodes and, and conversating with people. And I'm just so pumped. I've had season tickets with my dad since 09, since TCF bank opened. I went to a couple of games at the dome as a kid, but um, you know, nothing compares to being an out, uh, you know, in an outdoor atmosphere on campus. And I went to the U of M too. So huge Gover fan through and through. And I am just pumped that this is the, you know, it's going to be the first game in almost two years or long fans back in and it's against Ohio state. On top of that, I mean, it, it, they could have been playing South Dakota State to open the year again, like they did two years ago, or and and but it wouldn't matter. They would fans would still be packing the stadium, but now they're playing Ohio State, who's number four, who, who's now who's ranked number four in the recent preseason poll, and 
it's I think it's going to be an insane game. And I want to talk to you about the the line of this game. I think you said it at, at 13 and a half, of course, in favor of Ohio State. I think the line is a bit steep, in my opinion. I, I think I think this is a little bit of me, media favoritism here over Ohio State. I because I, I, you, you have the experience of the Gophers coming back. You have Tanner Morgan, a, a redshirt senior quarterback. He's not spectacular, but he's been an above average quarterback, a better quarterback we've seen in recent years here, very consistent. And you got Mo Ibrahim, who's just a NFL type bowling ball body, I feel like, to, you know, on his plays. And I think they got some experience. I know Ohio State always, it doesn't matter if they lose a quarterback or not, they're always spectacular every year. But I think that line's a bit steep. I don't know. What, what What are your thoughts on that? Do you expect it to change going up to game day? Do you think it'd be a little closer? Or do you think that's going to stay put? Um, well, it, as far as, uh, it, you know, to bet on the like, Gophers, I would wait. Because um, mm. typically yeah. the, the favorite gets the money beforehand, especially like Ohio State. I, I think people are waiting to see who their quarterback is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it really matters. I, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. And, mm. you know, I don't think it really matters, you know, as far as that goes. But, like, I think that's when – people start to invest. I, I could see that line getting to 14 or even, I don't know if it could get to 14 and have a maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But I know, I, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, like that's, it's, it's the right spot to catch Ohio state. You never want to play Ohio state, but if, you know, if you're, if you have to um, getting them on a Thursday night in your home stadium in, in the season opener, yeah. when Ohio state is going to be starting a new quarterback yep. who's very young mm-hmm. and ostensibly a new running back who is very mm-hmm. young. Um, they're going to have youth in several spots. This is a different Ohio state than in the past couple of years. Cause, um, you, you have some inexperience at, at those positions. So like, that's where I would want to catch them for sure. Mm-hmm. And the, the Gophers do have a, um, a path to an upset. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I'm certainly not going to call for it, but, right. um, the, the mm-hmm. things they do well, um, are going to give good teams, uh, problems in games where the good teams make any mistakes, um, and so, you know, you think about like CJ Stroud in his first game, you know, if, if, if the Gophers can coax an interception or two out of them, mm-hmm. um, the Gophers defense was awful at the beginning of the last season. Then they started to play better. And now they got a shit ton of guys back. Um, so you're, you're praying that the defense is going to be a good bit better than it was uh, last year. Um, but if it is, um, you're going to have a, a complement to a nasty running game. Uh, Ibrahim is one of the best running backs in the nation, and then he's running behind one of the biggest, one of the biggest, nastiest yeah. offensive lines in the nation. Like I, I think one thing that PJ, I mean PJ Fleck has, has has raised the recruiting tide of the Gophers. So that, I mean that's that's been great. But but uh, he's also done like granular things at different positions um, that I like. Um, not his his recruiting of the quarterback position, but uh, the offensive line position. Um, he he's made them sort of in the image of like a Wisconsin offensive line yep. where it, it's just all these elephantine guys a, across the line. And some of them are, are solid athletes as well. Like Falele, the oh, obvious yeah. example. Um, but they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and they're going to be able to run on people. I'm not a fan of Tanner Morgan. Never have been. Didn't think he was good in 2019. Um, I've been mm-hmm. screaming that, that the Gophers would have been a national title contender if they just given mm-hmm. Trey Lance the scholarship offer like Trey Lance wanted um, Tanner Morgan is the other thing this year. Um, he has, he has limitations that um, I, you know, like that, that could prevent you from, you know, pulling off the mm. upset in a couple of these games potentially. Um, Cause you know, it's another, I mean, Tanner Morgan's not too dissimilar from what Jake Browning was in college. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a guy that, you know, it's just accuracy short 
um, you know, and then, you know, sort of the headsy stuff, et cetera. Um, but athletic limitations and, and can't throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll see with Tanner Morgan. Are we going to get a bounce back season from Tanner Morgan, or at least he's not making the mistakes? At least he's taking what the defense gives him. Um, or is it going to be more like last year? I'm not sure. But either way, I know that that run run game is going to be absolutely nasty this year. And I know the defense is going to be better. I don't know how much yeah. the defense is going to be better. And then I also don't know how much Tanner Morgan is going to be better from last year. The, those are the yeah. two big things, you know, with them. But it, it, again, if if the defense is better and Tanner Morgan doesn't doesn't make any mistake, doesn't turn the ball over, in that he he doesn't need to be God. No. You know, if you know, because if if Ibrahim runs for 125 yards and he could easily drop that on Ohio State 150 yards in the first game, if Ohio State's by by the way, their defense is their weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, uh, this Ohio State team, and so ostensibly you would be able to control the clock. And you know, for Gophers fans, the last couple of years it's been. The receivers, right? Like you know, Bateman and and, and Johnson and yep. stuff like that. Um, this is is where the emphasis is really going to go to that run game. And you think about like um, uh, you know, one obvious example of this: it, Army against Oklahoma a couple of years ago, where Army just um they shortened the game just by running the ball effectively, and they forced overtime against Oklahoma and almost almost upset an Oklahoma team that I believe went to the playoff that year. Um, and, and Minnesota this year, they have, a, they're better and they're more talented than that, of course, but they can play a similar way of, 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 of clock control, uh, ball control type football because the running game is going to be so good. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that it's, it's kind of a, a continuation of the momentum they had in 2019. Cause obviously in 2020 it didn't work out. I almost felt like that season was kind of a wash um, in the sense of they weren't playing with full teams. I guess I, and we, We've talked to um, some some players, you know, uh, uh, since through our connections there, 10,000 takes, and they were saying they almost didn't even play that opening Michigan game. They were like probably two players away from getting COVID, mm-hmm. shutting that down. And I know that fellow Lele opted out and it was just it was just a mess of a season because they weren't practicing as much as they could because they're limited. You know, they weren't getting a lot of reps and they started late. It was just the psyche, I think, in the players heads was all off and. I almost felt and it didn't even feel like without fans, it felt like a scrimmages out in the field. It just didn't, it didn't feel right. So I'm, I'm not going to consider it a wash. Like you can definitely look at it and look at someone like Tanner Morgan. And he didn't look all that great last year compared to 2019, but I'm hoping that's had in part due to COVID and, and some of the combination of those things, but I'm hoping they continue in a 2019 since we're having a normal season. Now we're starting on time. There's going to be fans in the stadium. I'm hoping they find that momentum they had from 2019. And I hope Tanner Morgan, like you're right. Like he, he struggles uh, on long throws, but he does well. If, if like, you know, he does well on slant routes and some of these shorter shorter routes. And that's because you can do well with the running game. You can create those run pass options, fool the defense, do play actions and get those players open or even get a play. I've noticed he could throw downfield, but the guy has to be kind of wide open, you know, um, but you could do that when you have a good running game and you open up the field a little bit and that run pass option going and, you know, the RPOs there, they, they love those two years ago. They were really successful on those. And I'm just hoping experience, you know, and every team they play this year kind of outweighs a lot of teams. And because I know there's some players coming back because I think they the NCAA granted some players to come back because of COVID. And I think they're getting a couple guys back that way. So I'm hoping experience outweighs beyond Ohio State and they can have a magical season because 2019 was an awesome year. And I'm just hoping that, um, you know, a guy like Morgan, because he has made mistakes, doesn't make mistakes and uh, the crucial mistakes, I should say, because you're not perfect. But, uh, you know, and, and that Mo Ibrahim comes out and just, 
runs it like a boss on the field and the defense. Um, I know they're missing guys, but they, PJ, I think is recruited very well. And they're bringing some guys back that are, I think can fill those roles of, you know, Antoine Winfield and um, some of those guys they've lost in the last couple of years to the NFL. And I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun though, like overall to have and be back to a, what which should be a normal season where COVID isn't really impacting anything. So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of talking about COVID. I, I'm certainly yeah. sick of um, the, uh, the, all the cancellations last year. And yeah. All that, that was so annoying. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, hopefully that's, you know, the season we have no disruptions and everything like that. I'm certainly looking forward to that and having the fans back in the stadium is awesome. Um, I, I got to go to a twins game, uh, yeah. you know, after they reopen and it's just, you know, it's after you've been, after you've been locked in your goddamn apartment for a year, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like, it was like Andy Dufresne when he got out of the, you know, yeah, the, Shawshank. The, the, yeah exactly. When, when he finally, he, what is it? He crawls through the, the 400 yards of shit smelling 400 of shit and, in the sewer just to get into freedom. You exactly. Know. And then you're, you're out and you're in the river and you, you know, he's got his arms up towards the moon. That's what I felt like going back into target. Yeah. Field. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just tremendous. So can't wait to get back to a football game again. That's going to be super fun, but I want to wrap up with one more question for you. Sure. And how much money would you put on the golfers making a college football playoff appearance expansion pending? Maybe it could be expanded the next few seasons within the next three seasons. How much money would you put put on them making a college football playoff appearance? Oh, that would all depend on the odds I was getting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I would have to get I would have to get pretty mm-hmm. decent odds, but mm-hmm. I I would consider it just because the the playoff field they're considering expanding it to eight or sixteen teams. Yeah, twelve um, to sixteen. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, if if you know, like the Gophers would have made it in what twenty nineteen mm-hmm. if, if if that had been the playoff system. So yeah. I mean, there's definitely a path to it. Um, you know, and you know, I mean, like this year conceivably they could be a top 15 team mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it it is possible um with a running with the running game it's going to be top five in the nation or so top six in the nation mm-hmm. you know again it comes down to morgan and the defense but um i don't know if i got uh well i feel with odds were so I, I was in vegas and i was just looking at a sheet of odds for just this year college football national championship i, I forgot what the uh, gophers were but there were like plus forty thousand or yeah this year this like year that. This year, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, um, I yeah. It for me, it would all be contingent on that the expansion of the playoff because mm-hmm. I I don't see the Gophers making the four team one. Um, you know, like the margins are so small, and and mm-hmm. that's what you know. Like PJ Fleck has done such a great job, and I you know you feel like sort of a dick for. Uh, bringing this up, but um, you know, like again, Trey Lance desperately wanted to come to Minnesota. That's where mm-hmm. he wanted to go, and that sucks. And P- yeah, and PJ Fleck had him in his back pocket and chose not to offer him the scholarship. Um, if if PJ Fleck had offered him the scholarship, that's how like Gopher fans wonder what's our path to the playoff. Well, that team in 2019 with 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 Trey Lance swapped in for Tanner Morgan. That's the kind of thing where you can potentially get into the playoff. It, you're talking about margins that are just so thin at that point because that was already one of the Gophers' best teams of what the last fucking forty yeah. years or fifty years or something. Um, and then and then it's like, oh, you know, they, they had to be even better than that. But if that team had had Trey Lance, that could have been a difference in you know one or two of those regular season games they lost. Um, you know, it, so I, 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 you're talking about, it would just have to be the perfect scenario. Fleck would have to recruit, mm. you know, multiple first rounders and, you know, and, and, you know, either in this last class or, or the class coming up, um, I, I would put fairly low odds on it, but if, you know, if, if the playoffs expand, we got a shot. Yeah, I think, and I definitely want to see the playoffs expand. I think four teams I is, 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 
a terrible number. I, I think yeah. the, the state, it, it should at least expand. I think they offered an option to at least 12, you know, and, and that's weird to think that they could have been in a playoff, you know, in 2019, if it was even to 12 teams or 16 teams. And, um, and it's crazy to think, yeah, if you get a guy like plug a guy like Trey Lance into the equation, who is a little bit more, more mobile than, than Morgan has even a deep ball. And that's another guy going back to the beginning of the, of the podcast when we were talking about other how we saw no shining bright spots with the Vikings, but we, we you could see it with other guys on other teams in the preseason. Trey Lance also had a couple great throws with San Francisco. So that just goes to show that. And I know like friendly, I'm not saying he's going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, but he definitely would have been pretty successful at the U if he would seeing how he did well at NDSU. I think it would have been fine. Just fine. I think it would have transferred just well in the division one ranks of with the team, the Gophers had in 2019. So that kind of sucks yeah, thinking they, about that. Yeah, the guy didn't fucking lose a game in college. He, he threw one interception his entire time. And he, you know, like he went number three in the draft at, you know, one of the smartest organizations in the NFL. I like I, I've heard things on that, you know, because I've had this take on Twitter and people will be like, oh, you know, Tanner Morgan was good that year. You know, you, you know, you don't know if they would have been better with Trey. It's like, yeah, I do. Trey Lance is objectively way better as a mm-hmm. quarterback than, than Morgan and was that year too. That was the year that he he led NDSU to the undefeated season. Um, and had an unprecedented season at 28 to nothing uh, TD INT ratio. And it's the FCS, sure, but he, he fucking lit it up in a way that mm-hmm. we haven't seen anyone like the FCS up. So he absolutely would have been a, um, a, an upgrade over, over Tanner Morgan. And then you're talking about having, you know, a top three and an overall NFL quarterback on your team throwing to Rashad Bateman mm-hmm. and Tyler Johnson, and you still have Mo Ibrahim. And on that team, I, I believe that you also had Rodney Smith, Shane yes. Brooks. I mean, they were so fucking yes. deep. You know, I mean, they, they could just throw guys at <sighs> you. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and a guy like Bateman or a guy like Johnson, they weren't going to get worn down from the usage because they, they had the other guys, too. And then on defense, you actually had NFL playmakers, you know, Winfield and you had Carter Coughlin and you had the Barber kid and and, and Kamal Martin. Uh, mm-hmm. You had all these different guys. And so, like, you know, again, like that's when you talk about, like, what do the Gophers need to win a national title or get to the playoff? It's like you need that team but you need a couple even more good recruiting decisions because another one they missed on in the very same class, another Minnesota kid who wanted to come to the Gophers, Dylan Radens, who is a number, you know, he went, he went to NDSU as well. Um, and he was a second round pick of the Titans this past year. If you would just offer scholarships to Dylan Radens and Trey Lance, your offense goes from, you know, from being fucking really, really good to being elite in, in all of college mm-hmm. football. Um, you know, again, that, but it's the margins that you're working with. Will we have that shot again? You know, next couple of years, I don't know. It, it seemed, it seemed like sort of a perfect case scenario, you know, at that time, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see in the future holds. I know that, uh, and I'll end on this as I've seen, uh, you know, the recruiting class in the next few seasons and they've looked pretty solid. So if, as long as I stay, they don't transfer, they don't turn into duds, which you can't really control at that point. Um, uh, it, things are looking good for them. I'm just hoping – I know that they got a quarterback, I think, in this 2021 recruiting class. I think his, his name is like Athen Calicamanis, yep. I believe. It, it's and, a Greek name. Yes, and he's supposed, yeah. to be, supposed to be pretty good. That's what they've been saying. I saw some of his tape. He's supposed to be good, but I think they're probably going to redshirt him this year. And um, maybe I think – I guess Fleck is on him being the future uh, – his future quarterback, but – We'll have to see on that, but hopefully I'm all wish all the best to the Gophers so they can open up with a win and, you know, recreate some magic they got in that 2019 season. Cause that was unbelievable. Just ecstatic, just amazing to watch like goosebumps. So absolutely. 
hoping to get something like that. But, uh, you know, Thor, I want to thank you for coming on and, and talking, you know, some betting, some and a lot of football with me. I, I really appreciate it and getting some insight on that because I can't just do it all by myself. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at NBC Sports Edge, I, I have like my this summer, we've been, we've been going through all the over under win totals in college football. And then in the fall, I do, you know, my top 10 against the spread games every year. You know, it's like I've been sports gambling since, um, well, since since college, where like on the mm-hmm. books and stuff like that. So it's something I really enjoy, um, you know, along with sports, of course. So, yeah. Come and check out the work of your sports bet. I'll give you some winners this year in college football. I promise you. Oh yeah, and I know we we were joking here at ten thousand takes that we're going to make a, a trip maybe this week or, or or next week to bet on preseason football just for the hell of it because it's like fifty yeah. fifty. So it's just like because I mean the spreads are all like minus one and a half plus one and a half or whatever. So it's like screw it. Let's just let's go do it. I mean it's fifty fifty at that point. I mean it can still make it fun. Yeah, and and this is the time of the year to to drop bets on the over under win total. So. It's, those are better. You have to have your money in, the, in there for a while. You know, obviously the, the course of the season, but um, you can find soft numbers, uh, certainly in college football, you can, but I, I think in the NFL, there's even some opportunities. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to try, try to do it. I'm going to definitely bet on, this is kind of like, this is kind of my first year getting into the betting space. So definitely going to be heavy betting on college football this year and, 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 and football. So I'm glad season's back for the sense of watching it, but then also uh, a full season, I should say, and then also be able to, to bet on it, maybe win some money. We'll have to see what happens. But again, uh, Thor Nystrom, I want to thank you for, for joining me on an, on this episode of the Minnesota rundown. Everybody can follow you on Twitter at Thor Koo. I think it's T H O R K U on Twitter to see everything that you're putting out any, any, uh, you know, any betting tips or anything like that, you'll be putting it on there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My Twitter on NBC sports edge. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and guys, if you all of course want to, uh, follow us, if you don't already 10,000 takes at 10 K takes at 10 K underscore takes one on Twitter, because it's currently our backup. I don't know about the situation, but our main one is suspended because of Celine Dion. Fuck her. Um, and, uh, Instagram at 10 K takes Facebook search 10,000 takes. We're also Celine. Yeah, fuck you, Celine. It's yeah. it's it's a whole movement right now. It's a hashtag free and ten k, and then hashtag fuck Celine. Hashtag so, that Titanic song was overrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that's way overrated. We, exactly, that's way overrated. I want. I'm gonna maybe clip that just to see how Twitter explode on on you over that, because um, you know Sony will be raging over that. But I know there's a plenty of Celine Dion fan pages that went after us when we were saying fuck Celine Dion. So there'll be plenty of those wow. to, oh, to, to hate oh, on you. No, I just, oh yeah, I just stepped into something. Oh, oh yeah, yep. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Oh. The haters are coming. But uh, right. guys, again, if you want to follow us, I think we're on TikTok as well. I think we're on. We're, we are on TikTok. Uh, we have some stuff on there as well, and you can also follow our blogs too we have some funny entertaining blogs 10k takes mn.com we also have a golf tournament coming up at the end of september for charity we're partnering with jason carly zucker's foundation or charity give 16 which helps kids at the masonic children's hospital you can find all that stuff on our website at 10k takes mn.com just find the 10k invitational tab on there and yeah that's where you can follow us and i think we might have some merch coming we might have some other stuff coming out but yeah, if you want to follow us, you can go all over or on all socials. But again, I want to thank Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports Edge, uh, you know, an NFL draft analyst and also uh, NFL draft and college football analyst with them. I want to thank you again for, for coming on. And um, guys, I am, of course, JJ, journalist Jake. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown and have a great rest of your week. Yeah.